This episode is brought to you by Follow My Steps. Follow My Steps is a nonprofit organization that I am very proud to serve on the board of. And this organization is very special. It helps under-resourced youth through mentorship. Whether you're seeking mentorship through career growth, financial literacy, entrepreneurship, Follow My Steps is there to help you seek the best mentor possible to grow in one of these areas. Now, if you want more information, please go to their website, followmysteps.org, or follow their social media presence. That will be through Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Welcome to the Mighty Curious Podcast. I'm your co-host, Laura, and I'm joined by my co-host, Essien. That's right. If you guys want to learn more about saving, investing, and just learn how to build your wealth, you've come to the right place. Today, we're going to be interviewing Sean again. This is going to be part two of his interview where we talk more about his financial services business. Right. And if you missed part one, which was all about his nonprofit organization, Follow My Steps, make sure to check that out. That was last week's episode. And with that, let's get into our part two. Okay, Sean, I want to pivot here a little bit. I, as long as I've known you, you've always been a no excuses type of person. And you're running a nonprofit. You have a very busy schedule with your uh, W-2 job. And you also probably want to have a life outside of both of those. Uh, you mentioned you have a girlfriend. How do you balance your time? You know, we talked to somebody else about having a W-2 and owning their own business. And they just said they work all the time. But you just have to schedule your time accordingly to make priority for the things that you want. So how do you personally uh, organize your time in a way where you're effective in all of these areas? Yeah. So that's the, that's the tough part, man, is, uh, you know, building, uh, being part of the building, the, the, the building of a nonprofit, because at the end of the day, it's not just me, it's, it's Tyrone, it's you, it's everybody, everybody on the board, it's Sean, it's, we just have a great team that's been, you know, helping facilitate the growth of it. But just being a part of this, you know, you have to make yourself available because, you know, you have to make sure that if someone's looking to donate, you want to, you have to take that call, you know, you got to be available. But um, I, I make sure I'm up early, stay late. Um, but even, you know, balancing the, the work-life balance, my girlfriend, she's, been, she's just been amazing with it. She's, you know, completely understanding that she, she, she's a part of the nonprofit, so she grinds herself and she helps out. But it's just being, you know, honest to everybody around you, uh, that you normally hang out with. It's just like, Hey, you know, um, I'm going to be tied up around this time. Like, you know, um, you know, I'm booked up on this day and it's pretty much make appointments and it's, it sucks, but you, you know, you, you gotta kind of, you know, make time for what counts in this moment because you know the impact of what it can do later in life so that i'm always looking forward to you know okay once this gets settled i know for a fact you know i'll have more time later but you know you want to sprinkle in the the great personal moments because you don't want to let that go by either when you say like you want to you'll have time later do you mean like later in a few years or later like literally like an hour from now like what is kind of your your mindset into I'm grinding hard now to have time later. Yeah. So, I mean, I look at it like this. So, um, if somebody tells me that they, they put in, you know, yeah, I work eight hours a day and I'm going to do it for six days a week. Why not work 10 hours a day, you know, uh, and do that Monday through Friday. So I grind harder now, you know, and Monday through Friday. And then I can, you know, instead of me putting an extra day in on a Saturday, you know, I can allocate that time wisely for my personal moment. But, you know, you give up a little bit now, but you get it back later. So it could be, you know, OK, I can have it later in the week or can have it in a, in a few years. But, you know, it does 
that that extra work that you put in does help you know free up time later but i feel like everyone doesn't uh, people are afraid of the fact that they don't get that instant gratification you know so um, especially our age especially our age so it's like why would i put that work in right now when i could just you know i'll just suck it up and come in saturday so, no you, you can put that work in now and you won't have to come in you know saturday you can enjoy that time but it's the same thing with retirement and planning for retirement it's the same thing with your finances you know so it's the same thing with just starting today but you know everyone wants to you know put it off to tomorrow and then tomorrow comes in the same thing right and I, I just like when at least this was something that was taught that my parents told me when I was growing up and I think it's because they just wanted the best for me but they were just like Laura you're in your 20s you're young go have fun go like oh you don't have to work that day like don't don't focus on that take a day off like rest when whatever and so I feel like that created this mentality that I really only needed to grind from just just use like a work schedule like nine to five right? Only when needed, I needed to grind. Everything else I, I had to basically, I could, I could basically have fun because I'm not going to get this time back because I'm in my early 20s. And this is a time where I'm supposed to enjoy my life um, and things like that. And I feel like that's a false mentality to have. Like that's not the best one to have, especially in your early 20s. When like you mentioned, this is a time when you have to learn as much as you can um, and then apply that knowledge in terms of your financial planning, um, planning for retirement, because when you're 60, you're not gonna be, you, you don't have any more time. Like you, you've lost 60 years, like 40 years of your life, you know, you could have been doing something. Um, and so I think that that's kind of like relates to what you were saying where let me work 10 hours today so that on Saturday, I don't have to work an extra four. Another thing I want to bring up, too, is that, like, you say you dislike when people say, oh, this is the time where you're supposed to enjoy your life. The question I always ask is, what does that word mean? What does enjoyment mean? Because I think it's subjective, right? Some people actually really like working. Kayshawn, you are one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I know you are. Like, some people actually find a lot of fulfillment and enjoyment in working. And I always ask, ask this question, like, Let's say like people in their early 20s, they want to go out to bars and clubs and whatnot to have fun. When you were very young and people asked you what you wanted to do with your life when you get older, what did you say? You said you want to be an astronaut. You want to be a scientist. You want to be uh, an athlete. You want to be all these things because you wanted to do something. Your, your mind was already wired to do something, right? You didn't say, I want to go to bars and clubs and have fun. Like, and, and, and drink my life away, right? You, you didn't say that. Now, I'm not saying that those things are inherently bad. It's good to do those maybe every once in a while, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to make that your primary goal every single weekend during your early 20s. You know well, what I mean? Or your source of satisfaction. Your source of satisfaction, exactly. And Keishan, with you, I love how you organize your life because I, I, I can see a lot of synergy with the things you do. Right now, you're helping the youth to follow my steps and you're helping people uh, who are underrepresented with uh, your financial business, right? So I'm seeing a lot of synergy in helping people with uh, getting be- getting better education, better resources to get better in these areas of life who without you wouldn't have the resources to do so. Am I, am I correct in that? Yeah, I mean, you give me a little too much credit, but yeah, um, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely a passion of mine, and I'm I'm gonna be honest, with you, it's more uh, newfound because I always thought that you know if I grind now, if I grind now and I work absolutely, you know, it's just hard the hardest I can I can possibly work. If I do that now, um, then I'll be in a position later when I'm super rich, and then I can come back and help those individuals. And that's just not the case, you know. So even if it's helping somebody with you know just uh, you know, 
like I saw like an article of somebody who was helping this kid tie a tie for an interview or if it's stopping to talk to somebody or just saying, hey, how you doing? Or just having that small conversation if you're you're waiting for your order and, you know, you, you just never know how what that turns into. If somebody's struggling, they actually needed that conversation or they're just going through it. Just even the small things, you know, it doesn't have to be monetary. But, you know, just uh, giving a moment of your time, time. Time is the most valuable thing we have because, you know, you can't. You can, you can go to you can go to Walmart and buy anything else. You can go to the stores and buy anything else. You can't buy time. You know, I, I can I can buy, you know, uh, a TV. I can buy all these stuff. You can, you can you can buy food. You can but you can't buy time. So if you give somebody a moment of your time and you just, you know, just share that with them and, and just have a genuine conversation, just be a person. Um, it, it, it'll go a long way and it pays back. This always does. Right. It's really well said. What else would you say? How do you manage your time? I guess is my next question. Cause like we I think we touched upon it a little bit in some of the ways you were speaking to, but, um, with everything that's going on, how do you find time to consolidate all your thoughts and then plan for your next day? Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's, you know, I'll, I'll look at, I'll make sure I schedule so many different things. So scheduling my business, uh, and just helping people with, you know, planning and, um, you know, protecting themselves, uh, as far as insurance goes and whatnot, but, um, planning, you know, nonprofit events, planning, you know, it sounds crazy, but personal time, you know, where you get a little break, you know, even at work, I'll just, you know, eat and be able to just, do something where I'm like watching a video or watching the sports highlights that that little mental break, it goes a long way. Cause if you just keep getting caught up in that, just repeated, you know, just constant focus, you get burned out. So, uh, being able to plot that, but then just knowing that, you know, okay, you know, it is tough right now, but if I look at the beauty and everything, the beauty and everything is that there's some kids that want to work, but can't, there's some kids that want to go to school, but can't. So if you, if you find, motivation and you keep going from just little small things because we are fortunate to be in a position that we are and we do take for granted a lot of things you know if we if we look at other situations so i just i just draw strength from that so when i work late nights i'm used to it and actually manufacturing kind of built me for that you know working i used to work 21 days straight then take a day off and stuff like that so i i was built for that so coming in and working you know a nine to five or whatever i was like yeah i don't do nine to fives i pull 10s, I pull 11s, but, um, <laughs> it just built me for it. It just did. Uh, even in college, you know, as he knows, we was, we was up late, you know, nonstop, just, just All going over. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that, I feel like that's the primary reason why, you know, when I, when I, when I met as and, and, and the engineering crew was cause I was a business major. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I know for a fact I could not be an engineer. All that work, you know, all that studying for four questions, I couldn't do it. But, don't but, remind me, please don't. It was literally like two hours per question, minimum. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I know I couldn't do it, but I know that, okay, so if I surround myself with these guys who are killing themselves for these questions, but I can, I can bring my work and I can, I, can, I can try to get ahead on other classes and, and, and I can use the fact that they're studying that type of environment, that'll motivate me because why am I stopping? You know, yeah, I finished my assignment, but I can go ahead and do something else or I can study. Get ahead, get ahead, another, get ahead on another class. I would, I would use that type of stuff to fuel me. So I find, I find motivation in others, you know, in that sense. So even if it gets my schedule gets hectic, I know for a fact that there's someone else's schedule who is hectic, you know. So I, I would, I make a competition. Yeah, that, that's how I keep going. It's like you say, you can learn something from everybody, everybody you meet, no matter who it is or what it is. Sometimes it's not to do. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, another thing I wanted to say, I wanted to bring it back uh, to finances because, I mean, this is the Money Curious podcast. Yep. Um, do you have any tips on uh, 
you know, insurance and why it's important to really think about these things, even in, in your early 20s at our age or like early to mid 20s? Yeah. Uh, so uh, one of the things I try to explain to individuals is the fact that you never know, you know, what what the future holds. And unfortunately, you know, some people have health issues and whatnot, and then they get they get to the point where, you know, OK, something happened, they had cancer and then they're un- uninsurable. You know, now all of a sudden you go from, yeah, I, I'm good. I don't need insurance right now. I'm young. I'm invincible. And then Wait, you can get I, hit with can something. Can I interrupt you real quick? Yep. Um, so you just mentioned you're uninsurable. Can you explain? So I know, for example, properties, uh, 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 an, an insurance company, a home insurance yep. company can deny you insurance. You have to like go search somewhere else. I never realized that a person could be uninsurable. Um, what are some of the criteria that would make someone uninsurable? That sounds a little bit scary to me, uh, just thinking way farther ahead. Or even with my parents, <laughs> I would like to have health insurance, especially in the, in the United States where it seems like, you know, it's a it's a high cost to have. So, yeah. So um, from the point of life insurance, somebody being uninsurable. So it's kind of like this. If you think about a life insurance company, they're, you know, paying out in the event of your death. It's very gruesome business, but they go off the numbers and, and the analytics that men live to a, to a certain age and women live longer. So women actually get better rates because of that, because they're projected to live longer, which is great. But um, at the end of the day, it's still a risk. So they look at your whole health profile and they say, okay, you know, well, this person smokes. So yeah, chances are they, they're not going to make it as long as somebody who doesn't smoke. And then so this person's overweight. Chances are that person overweight is not going to be, you know, make it as long as somebody who's you know, healthy and shape or, you know, skinnier. So they look at all this stuff. And then when you add in someone who was just hit with a disease, even if it's something that runs in your family, that like those type of things really, um, they add up because it's, it's a risk. They're gambling. They want you to live forever because you pay the premiums and things like that. It's just, it's, it's the business part of it, which makes sense. But, uh, you really want to make sure that, um, one, if you know your family has a history of something, whether it be cancer or something like that, okay, I know I'm healthy now, but, you know, my mother had it, my father had it, this person had it, whatever. Um, just look into stuff like that. You want to make sure that you, you're you uh, proactive rather than reactive. And there have been a number of individuals that, you know, they end up going through a heart condition or, you know, like cancer and these type of scares. And they might have gotten past it, but the insurance company's like, yeah, I'm good. I, you know, I'm, we're not going to take that risk, unfortunately. You know, and then all of a sudden now you're like, wow, I'm 26 or whatever, and you're late 20s early 30s and you're uninsurable now you have now you have a family so now your kids depend on your paycheck but no one thinks about that we just think when we're we're young we're single uh, the kids the kids aren't there yet so i don't have to worry about something that's not there but then later on you know if something happens to you now your kids don't have anything because you were you weren't you were unable to get insurance and you really didn't set aside money because who's going to have that much money to set aside for your kid Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And that just proves the value of life insurance. Although I never thought about life insurance like that, uh, only because let's, I'm going to be honest, I, life insurance, it's this whole, it's another ball game. It's, it's all, it has its own intricacies and complications and things like that, that I still need to understand and learn. Uh, but this is a good starting point for me to kind of go down the rabbit hole and explore a little bit more. So thank you for that explanation. No, no problem. And a lot of people don't. And it's not really talked about in uh, the minority communities, unfortunately. That's why there's a lot of GoFundMes and fish fries and dinners and things like that and all these fundraisers because um, 
someone passes away and it's like, oh, you know, now it's now it's real. Now it's like, can you hey, can you can you donate? Can you donate for this person? And of course, people are going to donate. But um, to the way to get ahead of it is, you know, I, I want to know. I want to make sure when I when I pass away, I'm not someone else's burden and, and, and to speak like a financially mm-hmm. like a, you, you don't want to impact the person. Like imagine if you have kids and it's like, wow, I pass away and now my kids have to scrape, uh, scrape up money and ask other, other people for money to bury me when insurance is very, very affordable. You know, um, you can get like something like term when when uh, you're younger, you're younger and you're in the shape and just get something small. Doesn't have to be something big, but something small, at least to bury you, you know. So it, it's it's really tough to see that and to hear about it, and then you know uh, having these conversations. It's it's a tough stigma to break because everyone feels that you know, no, I'm gonna live forever. No, 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 I don't need that right now. And they, they just feel like they don't need it. And everyone says, oh, but I got it through my job. Oh yeah, I got it through my job. And no one knows how much insurance they have through their job. If you were to ask everyone, you can ask about a 401k match. They might know, but how much life insurance you have through your job, a lot of people don't know. You know, is it, 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 it suffice to cover you if you're if you're an adult and you have a, a wife and kids and you say, I have I have insurance to my job. A lot of people don't know that could be like fifty thousand dollars worth of insurance. But now you make seventy thousand dollars a year. So you don't you didn't even replace your whole income. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. it's just stuff like that that we don't really talk about because it's eerie. You know, it's uncomfortable. No one wants to talk about, you know, you passing away and what are your kids going to do? But let's be real. You know, we're we can protect our phones you know, but we can't, uh, we can't protect our lives. You know, that's, that's kind of weird, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I like that analogy. Definitely. It makes a, it's a, it's a good wake up call kind of phrasing it that way. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> this also speaks to how important it is to you know, take care of yourself. So if you don't need it, so if you didn't have an incentive to go exercise and eat right, Keishawn just gave you another great incentive. <laughs> you can become uninsurable. <laughs> you can become uninsurable, but if you take care of yourself, you'll get life insurance and at a and at a good rate, right? <laughs> yeah, you can get a you can get a good rate if you're in in good shape, you know. So it's just yeah, like I said, it's just, it's just you're never going to be as young as and healthy as you are today, you know, because tomorrow you'll be you'll be older, you know. So um, that's kind of one of the things I break down with people, but yeah, it's I feel like it's just important to to have that conversation at least to get people thinking about it. So life insurance through uh, your employer versus uh, a private company, are, what are, are there any fundamental differences between the two? Like, does the company usually give you significantly less money or does a company that you work for say, would give uh, a much better rate or how, do, how does that, how exactly does that work? So it's kind of like this. So if you were to think about when you have life insurance through your employer, you don't own that plan. You're, you're just one of the one of the one of the individuals that's a part of it, which is the reason why when you leave employers, you leave your employer, you do not have that life insurance policy anymore. You get what I'm saying? Right. So everyone that they, the people, people don't think about it that way. It's kind of like, you know, OK, you have life insurance through your job, you know, but you don't own that policy. You're just one of the members of it. Same thing with the health insurance plan. And, and, and then and then the, the 401k you'll have, but you have to roll that over. A lot of people don't forget that they should roll their 401k over. They leave their previous employer but just stuff like that that um i think i feel like it's that common misconception and they don't look into it because they just say okay my job offers and the job will say like yeah we, we offer life insurance and you feel like you're covered you feel like you have that sense of security but you don't know how much and if you've been working at a company for years and years getting raises you know i guarantee that's not adequate to cover you cover your family in the event something happens you know so it's 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 tough to tell people that they're not really as protected 
because it's kind of like, you know, like, what do you mean? I'm not as protected as I thought I was. You know, they get, they get a little offense, uh, offended by it, but it's true. It's like those type of conversations you just got to have. So there's no rollover with your company's life insurance. Like you can't just take it, apply it somewhere else. Right. Nope. Okay. So it sounds like I need to look up to my own private <laughs> Uh, life insurance <laughs> also yeah that's a good point that you made about if you get promotions that life insurance now there's an even bigger gap every time you get a promotion if your employer's plan stays the same yes yeah, so, it's going to stay the same it's going to stay fixed it's not like you got a promotion you're like oh but would you like to get more life insurance to, to yeah. adjust for for the difference now you know because that's what everyone gets life insurance for life insurance is for the benefit of the other people that are impacted by your death you know, so if you're accustomed to making a certain amount of money, you want to keep that, you know, going in the event that you pass. Because it's like uh, like the um, my one of my mentors, he uses the analogy is like if you had a money making machine in your house. Right. And it printed out money nonstop. Would you insure it? You know, and then I'd be like, yeah, 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 I would definitely insure it. It prints out money. You are that money making machine for your. Right, family. Yeah. So you need to insure it because you want to make sure it keeps printing out the same thing. You know, in the event, you know, you just. You know, something happens to it. So you, you want to make sure it's insured. So um, yeah. going on a private insurance policy, you own it. That's your policy. You know, they can't take it away from it. It's not like you leave the company like, yeah, give me that life insurance policy. They can't do that. It's, your, it's yours, you know, as long as you keep paying for it, but it's yours. I mean, it's a good way to think about life insurance and then you thinking of yourself as a money-making machine. Uh, I don't think I ever thought of myself as a money-making machine <laughs> just because... You know, that's not an analogy I make or a comparison I make very often. <laughs> but putting it that way, I'm like, oh, I am valuable, right? Like, I'm not only valuable to my immediate individual self right now, but I'm also valuable to my parents. Like, they, they depend on me for some things, especially since I'm first generation. Um, I am kind of like their go-to person in terms of finding out, like, Laura, what, what does this mean? Laura, how do I do this? And so that kind of gives me a wake-up call and, and saying, yeah, I, I kind of, I do have people that depend on me in some way, uh, maybe in fi maybe uh, in some areas of my life, maybe financially, but uh, this is like a good, this is just a wake up call for me is all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot of great information. I know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. And um, one of the things that people really underestimate and with this being a Money Curious podcast is I'm pretty sure you guys talked about, you know, having a, you know, a well thought out portfolio, like a balanced life plan. Mm -hmm. Right. So now we, so let's say we start talking about, okay, investing in, you know, you're like, yeah, you want to save a lot of money. You want to invest in this, right? What happens if you don't get to the point of retirement, you know, like to, to the point where you have that nest egg, you to, to, to what you've been trying to, you know, work as hard for, you don't get to that point. Now you have a huge hole. So you want to, you know, you want to make sure that you're well balanced, especially if you have a family, you know, like, which we ultimately, you know, can't speak for myself, but I mean, I can only speak for myself, but you ultimately aspire, I ultimately aspire to have a family, to have, you know, kids underneath me and leave a legacy in that sense. So if I'm working all my life to get to retirement age, but I don't get there, and I know that in 10, 15 years, I would have had this amount of money in there, you know, you can supplement that with your life insurance policy that your kids would have it. You know what I'm saying? That your kids would at least have that chunk, you know, to, to give to them that you can still set them up or you can pay off that house for them because now the bills, that house is, that, that bill, that mortgage is still due. You know, you're, right. you're passed away. That mortgage is still due. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's tough. You know, your kid's still going to want to go to school or want to have these these goals and ambitions. So you want to make sure to leave them something. So it's balanced. It's that peace of mind. It's like I know in the event that something happens, all I need to do is go to go to work and earn that paycheck. I can't control what happens to me, but I can make sure that I have something to rely on. 
You know what I mean? And that type of mindset is more of a long-term thinking mindset rather than that instant gratification that we were just talking about. Uh, have you struggled with talking people out of that instant gratification mindset into more of a long-term thinking strategic plan? Heavily, heavily. Uh, every, <laughs> everyone, everyone thinks that like, uh, for, for example, our generation, you know, we, we want that instant gratification. Our generation wants to start investing right now. Like, oh, you need to invest right now, you know, which is, which is true, you know, but okay. How's your, how's your financial plan look? You know, okay. Invest in what you tell me you want to invest in Bitcoin. Do you know about Bitcoin? Like, like how much do you actually know about it? You know, like, it, like, so are you reading into it? And they say for every, like, if you're a day trader for every stock you pick, they say you should be doing at least four to five hours of research on the, on that stock before you, before you really start going into it. And everyone thinks that they're just a day trader just because they pick, you know, one or two stocks, right? You know, it, it doesn't work that way. There's so much, you know, uh, analytics and trends and everything that, that, that goes into it. There's a, there's a reason why there's so many, you know, Ivy Leaguers that become stockbrokers and they're 10 times smarter than, you know, a lot of people that are just doing it, trying to, you know, make a quick buck, you know, but you just need to make sure that, you know, you, you protect, you know, if people are depending on you, you have an obligation to make sure that you're not burdening them, but you can actually leave them something because you, you can't control what, you know, the unknown is and things that are out of your hands, but things that it's in your hands, you can, you, you can make, you know, conscious efforts to make sure that you have that peace of mind and get insurance. And then, okay, let me look at a financial plan. Let me look at where I'm at. Let me look at having emergency savings before I take my emergency savings money and invest. Why are you doing that? You don't have an emergency. You, you don't even have an emergency savings. Why are you investing? Like that, right. that, that's the, that's the craziest mindset to me when people Made no you know, want to take, <laughs> makes no sense. And then they want to start dipping out of that and taking money out of that. And then people who realize some gains, they don't know they're going to have to pay taxes on that. And one of the biggest things is everyone should, you know, look into, um, having an accountant, you know, and having that conversation. Mm-hmm. That's really big. A lot of people, Oh, I do, I do it myself, but do you know what you're missing? You know, like there's a lot of stuff you know, that that unfortunately is not being talked about because we're trying to save money. But at the same time, we're trying to maximize money. You know, so I, I, I get it. You know, it, it's that it's that mindset of like I'm trying to be, you know, get more bang for my buck. But sometimes you do need to make sure that you look at all your options. And unfortunately, you know, we don't, you know. Right. You know, that was that was a mindset shift I have to I had to make too with uh so I had to actually had to get a CPA for my uh, my properties because I didn't know how like the accounting would work with that the tax write offs or whatever and I had to I was thinking to myself I was I was literally sitting there thinking for maybe like an hour I was like should I pay someone a couple hundred dollars to quote unquote save me money what if they mess up or what why why don't I just do it and finally after an hour I just thought about it. I'm like wait I'm not an accountant. Yep. I don't have time to study how all this stuff works. I might as well just pay the expert because she or she's going to she's going to save me so much more money now and in the long run. Like it makes significantly more sense to just pay a couple hundred dollars for this service. Yep. And then the time that you would have spent doing it, you can use on your personal life or maximizing things that make you you. So like exactly. you're, 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 you're an engineer, you know, that's kind of like being like, Oh, but I'm going to try to wear multiple hats. No, I'm, you're going to burn yourself out trying to do all that. You, you'd be better suited to just, okay, let me, this person specializes. That's all they do every day. They do, you know, hundreds of these things, you know? So, and again, they assume all the liability, 
You know, so right. if if something if the IRS comes knocking, I'm like, huh, talk to my talk to my guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk to my people. <laughs> talk, 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 talk to them. You know, talk, talk, talk to my ladies and talk to whoever whoever's doing it because they did something wrong. It's the liabilities on them. But you know, if you're filing through TurboTax and you're trying to cheat the government or you know these people with the the fraudulent PPP loans, you know, <laughs> they're, they're they're the ones that's going to be you know held accountable for it. But right. if you have an, an accountant, they can they can tell you about stuff and how to take advantage and if you qualify so you wouldn't find yourself in hot water. That's that's very true. Those are that's good advice. And I think that goes back also to our first episode when we talked about uh, being frugal versus being cheap. I think that when we try to cut corners here and there going on TurboTax and being like, oh, the system should know what I want. And like, you know, we have um, enough like the algorithm should should be smart enough to realize this. This is my um, text. Uh, write off and things like that. Like, no, like be 100% sure. Don't be like, Oh yeah. In- the internet knows how to do it. Um, uh, because I want to save like $50, like, no, go, go invest those $50 into someone who actually knows how to do it. Right. So there's different forms of investing and you get it. Like the gain in terms of hiring your own CPA or hiring your own lawyer is you get back time. And like we just spoke about time is valuable. You're never going to get that back. So why stress over something that like something you're not an expert at. You can't learn what a CPA has learned over many years in an hour. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, think about it, it's disrespectful. It's like, you know, I, I, yeah. I can, I can, le- I can learn that in, in an hour. Like, yeah, as in, I, I can, I can learn how to be a mechanical engineer, you know, just give me a couple hours, you know, like, no, it's like, <laughs> it's like no, pay, pay the man what he's worth, you know, let him, right. let him do his trade. And, and then that's what he specialized in, you know, so don't uh, try to overstep or get too cocky. I feel like, I feel like nowadays we get too cocky and thinking that, you know, YouTube, we can YouTube everything. And, it, and that's just not the case. Yeah, there is a threshold, right? There's like a ceiling that we hit in terms of how much knowledge we can actually apply and how much we can actually use. So there's a give and take. You just have to realize, hey, my ego is a little bit too big for this one this time. Um, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should uh, like you know, uh, just just ask somebody else to do it. It'll be much better, much easier. Oh, hundred percent. That's why. That's why I don't touch anything on my car. I, I know for a fact I can YouTube stuff, but I, I'm not a mechanic. <laughs> Oh, right, right. Yeah. No, not a mechanic. I mean, hey, I'm a mechanical engineer, not a mechanic. People get that confused. <laughs> Man, I hate uh, people do that. I just like people so do that much. so much. <laughs> They're like, Laura, you can, uh, you can change the oil in my car, right? I'm like, no, I know nothing about cars. No, no, no. But, uh, I, yeah, I remember so, one time. I remember one time a friend. Uh, this, this is a completely sad story, but <laughs> a friend of mine and a friend of mine w- 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 and I were getting a ride home back to uh, Quincy from this girl, right? And then as we were driving, the car broke down, and she's and she got out, and we were sitting, there, we were looking at her like, "Did you call AAA? Did you call?" I'm like, "No, we got you guys here." We're looking at her like. What? Like here, you're, you're engineers, right? Mechanical engineers. I was like, that's not how it works. We know math. We don't know how to <laughs> open the hood and immediately dissect exactly what's going on in this engine. Like culture play. Wrong expert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good conversation, Keishad. I wanted to take a moment and uh, kind of ask you, where can people find you? Where's what's follow my? Where can we find follow my footsteps? What platforms are you guys on? Yeah, so anyone can contact us on followmysteps.org, you know, and look at our website and 
donate, of course. And uh, they can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We are on you know those platforms. Uh, we, Snapchat coming soon, and we will be uh, featuring a YouTube series pretty soon as well, where we kind of like have interviews with local business owners and different individuals, so that kids can you know see their stories and you know uh, put a face to you know the name. Awesome. awesome. I'm so inspired. This is, this is an incredible foundation. Um, I'm glad that it's nonprofit because it really shows your passion behind it and the people that work to make it what it is today and what it will be in the future. So I just want to thank you so much for sharing your mission, your passion with us on this podcast episode. Um, it was great getting to know you, getting to know all your achievements and your endeavors. Uh, yeah. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, definitely looking forward to expanding and, uh, again, like collaborating on different things. And, um, one of the things we've been doing is just shouting out the money curious podcast because they're going to be, you know, kids that want to make sure that they're, they're set and individuals as well, you know, uh, uh, mothers and fathers and whatnot. So we want to make sure that they have that access and that, that available. So we share it every week. Yeah, I've noticed. And I really appreciate that, man. I know. I, I yeah. I, I saw. I saw on Instagram your posts of us, the Money Curious podcast, which I appreciate so much. It gets us a lot of visibility because we also want to make an impact similar to you. We want to make sure that our youth stays curious about money. At least you know, us as a minorities, it's hard to get that information because not our communities don't talk about money. <laughs> they want to just keep it for themselves because everyone's just out to make sure that they they get ahead. But we also need to share that wealth and knowledge. So. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I feel like a lot of it is because, you know, there's a lot of things that they don't know and they don't feel secure about it. And a lot of times you don't talk about something if you if you're not, you know, sure of yourself, you know, so uh, the, it's definitely that stigma we need to break. And like podcasts like these um, foundations, you know, that, that that can connect with different individuals. That's why networking is key, but it's not the sole thing to be successful. So uh, I'm looking to just try to network as much as I can, put individuals in touch with each other and, uh, you know, just see what we can do, you know, as a, you know, as a, as a community and come together. All right. Well, Keishan, again, this has been a great interview. Um, thanks for talking with us and sharing with us your story and your, your, your ambitions. So, uh, Laura, do you have any other questions or? No, I think, I think I'm good. Uh, yeah, yeah feel inspired. Too. So that's a wrap. Perfect. Hey listeners, you've reached the end of another great episode of the Money Curious Podcast. Go ahead and share that episode with your friends, your family, on your social media platforms, and also make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. With that, we'll see you next time.